AHBs, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while giggling, telling random stories, and treating the characters of each book like they're real. Oh my gosh, I gotta be honest with everyone, things are nuts over here. Um, In mostly a good way, one of the biggest and craziest things happening right now is that I'm in the process of closing on a new house. If everything goes to plan this week, I'll be moving at the end of May. It's wonderful and it's daunting and all the things that I think usually come along with a time in your life when you move all of your possessions in the whole wide world. Wow. So I'm going to do my best, but I might need some patience in early June while things like, I don't know, getting my internet service switched over to the new place is happening. Thankfully, I've got some amazing friends like Nat and Sarah who will offer up their shared love of romance and their brilliance to us all. Patrons, this week is fantastic for you. I'm not going to lie. Tomorrow, you get Aaron and my hour-and-a-half-long recap of 365 DNI this day, which was a confusing treat from start to finish. It may have caused Aaron to find Jesus. Listen, let's just say that it had an impact. And you can enter to win one of five advanced copies of author Lainey Davis's newest book in audio. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. If you want in on any of this action, head over to patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. But now here's your first installment of Nat and Sarah's recap of The Billionaire's Wake Up Call Girl by Goddess Annika Martin. Patrons, you get the whole thing in full today. Here we go. Clapping with Natalie. (laughs) This has been... Hi, Sarah. Listen, I'm here. This is Natalie. We're here. We don't have any chaperones. <laughs> There's nobody here watching. We're I not, know. We are not being observed. We're not being mm-hmm. monitored. No. It's just us. We could do anything. Yeah. We could yeah. do anything. We're not, um, not going to do anything. We're, we're not. We're going to just talk about a book. We're, we're going to do talk that about a book. normal I mean, thing that we do. We're going to talk about a really good book. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, so in case you didn't hear any of the times I said it because we weren't recording yet, uh, I, Natalie, am here with Sarah Whitney. Natalie's being very nice because she said we weren't recording. Sarah wasn't okay. recording. <laughs> we had great banter, though. It was great. We were, okay, here's the thing. It was unclear. We're just, we don't have chaperones. We're lucky this is happening. But I am excited about this book. Sarah and I were talking about recording an episode, and she was like, I just read Billionaires? Billionaires. The, the, oh, he's a, how dare you? He's a billionaire. Oh, okay, excuse me. Billionaire's Wake Up Call Girl by Annika Martin. And um, and I had already read it. So here's the backstory of how I know about this book. Back when Ask a Badass was still a thing, we had Jen on, who is the amazing creator of Post Poor Company Candles, who has that whole line of HB candles that are really amazing and smell really good. Here's one right here called It's on TM. Love it. It's and backwards. it is authentically burned. Listener, I need you to it know is, that this clearly yeah, no, is a this loved has been candle. used. Mm-hmm. Used. Mm-hmm. So 
I was doing an interview with her for Ask a Badass, and she was talking about this book and about how she loved it. And and you, when you read this title, you don't think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, <laughs> at least I didn't. <laughs> you, sometimes a book like this, with a title like this, you think the entire premise is the title, and that's yeah. all it's going to be. It's going to be this kind of hooky, kind of showy it's going to be a one trick pony. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if you like me were just astounded at how good this book was. I had some little gripes about some word usages, I guess. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I mean, and like, yeah, I mean, there was some little, little gripes, not, but like a romp. It was funny. There's some laugh out loud, funny parts of this book that I just really loved. Both of the characters, I think, had pretty well developed stories, which again, you think, yeah, it might be more kind of surface level book stuff in like, because the cover, it's not a great cover for me. It's, you know, if you judge books by covers, it's fine. It's an illustrated cover. Animated cover. cover. Uh, Animated? Illustrated. Wow. Look at both of those, I guess, were right. But I don't know. I guess I I was a judgy. I was Judge Judy about this book when I first picked it up. But then I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I just read it again. I loved it again. I was just expecting something fun and light. And what Mm -hmm. I got was something that had a lot more depth than I expected in the very best way. Uh, Yeah. It's I, I'm actually worried about talking about this because I feel like I'm just going to croon. It was so good over and over <laughs> and over because that's but you know how some books you just you just click with it. You yeah. click with the vibe. You, you read it with at the, the right voice. time. It was. Yeah, it, it just it, I have read books that I enjoyed, but I didn't just immediately fall into the wavelength of the mm-hmm. book and the writing and the voice. This one just pulled me in immediately. And I just it, I, I got it. It got me. It, this is such, I, I don't okay, know I'm, anything I'm do about this, this author. Was such you, a good book. <laughs> <laughs> do you know anything about this author? I, I know do nothing. Not. I do not. I know that she has a series of billionaire books. I also don't generally like a billionaire story mm-hmm. uh, because they just they tend to be. I mean, they all are just kind of like domineering assholes. That I shouldn't say right. that. Hashtag not all billionaires. <laughs> but that's kind of what I, was I just, mean. I mean, but like in the real world, I bet it is hashtag I mean, all billionaires. Try dating Jeff Bezos in the real world. <laughs> I just, try. You know what? I have. You know, it's just hard to do. It's hard to make the connection. He keeps going to space. Um, it's yeah, just, it's really it's just, hard to catch him. Really long distance. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. can't deal with it. So we do have five books. It looks like. No, I'm sorry. So many books. Yeah, no, Holy there's tons. <laughs> there's all, and the, most of them are billionaire books. Looks like there was just five on the main page. That's where I got. This I just know anyway. she sequel baited the hell out of me at the end of this one with yeah. she sends the best well i mean that's jumping way ahead but she she sandwich knows how delivery to, cat suit she is going to be delivering sandwiches in her cat suit to her billionaire ex-boyfriend's neighborhood what if what if he calls for a sandwich and she has to deliver what to if him? in new york I, city what if in new york city he saw you delivering sandwiches and then knew it was you and then called your sandwich delivery because of course he knows how to find the sandwich delivery company sarah i mean the odds seem really low but i'm guessing <laughs> this is not the book we're here to talk about but it is a book I'm going to read next. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Great. I'm excited. I want to hear about it. Maybe I'll read it too. Actually, Fully. no, the book I'm going to read next is a New Zealand rugby book because <laughs> it just came out today. <laughs> okay. You ready? We're going to yes. talk about this book. So we start off in Lizzie's brain and she's, you find out immediately, Annika does not beat around the bush. Lizzie is only in this job for money. Mm-hmm. She is, she's at her job and she's like, there were red flags I chose to ignore them because of money. You know what I mean? 
So she's deep in this presentation with her And it's clear that this workplace is everything she is not. This workplace Mm -hmm. is rigid, cold, joyless. Everybody is stressed and competitive and scared. You're not allowed to, to eat anything stinky. No stinky. There was a big emphasis on microwave popcorn in this book, which I thought was very odd. Okay, I I work in a workplace. Yes. I can think of maybe five times in the last 15 years that I've noticed microwave popcorn. Now, I did lose my smell to COVID for 14 months, so it's possible (laughs) they snuck some past me. But we were all working for a I worked in a workplace for like a decade where 90% of those weeks, somebody was burning microwave popcorn (laughs) or overcooking it. Or, you know, like, I love popcorn. It's probably one of my favorite snacks. But like... The basis of all workplaces is microwave popcorn. That I did not necessarily agree with. <laughs> Wait, but you're Team Theo on this. Then, if, if people are just burning popcorn left and right around, I you? might be Team. Okay, but I also worked in a workplace where somebody microwaved fish, oh, and oh. somebody made pa- like a pan fried salmon patty in- at their work job. Straight like, to so, jail. Like <laughs> straight to jail. I mean, I smells. I'm a super smeller. Like they, I'm very sensitive to smells. So like, I love a popcorn. I I eat tons of popcorn. I do not base my workplaces on whether or not I can eat popcorn or microwave popcorn. But it becomes a thing with Lizzie that he won't even. Mr. Drummond is the the head of this. Popcorn saves this saves the world at the end of this book. It does. Popcorn is the reason. It does. Popcorn and goats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, true. Okay, so this, yeah, she refers to this workplace as like a labor camp. Like she refers to like a, lo- a gulag. <laughs> yeah, I had to look up what a gulag was, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Okay, so she is, <laughs> but like already you get the sense of humor because <laughs> she's trying to present this. She's on the marketing team. Would she get this job in real life? No, no. She won an award for her Instagram for her bakery. So Mm -hmm. she says she got hired because she won this kind of social media award. But no, she doesn't have the marketing background that I would think a company like Vosimir. I mean, she's just an assistant, just an assistant. I mean, this whole book is kind of justice for admins. You know what I mean? Very much. So she is an assistant in the marketing department and they kind of tasked her with coming up with improving their Facebook insights, basically, and their website performance and things like that, which again, if you know anything about websites, it's, I mean, I'm doing marketing as my job and that's not what my background is. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of people, if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. So whatever. But she basically is presenting it to this person who she's like, this person is going to take all my ideas and pass them off. But she's like, I don't care because as long as I stay here until next Friday, I get a $12,000 $12,000 sign-on bonus as an admin. Where, Where is that job? Where can yes, we all get that truly. job? Truly. <laughs> I could do anything for 30 days. Correct. So, yes, exactly. And I love that she's described herself while she's there. She's wearing something a stylish female detective would wear. She's in a gray <laughs> yes. pantsuit that she just feels like a stylish lady detective. <laughs> stylish lady detective. Uh, I mean, I could go for that. Yeah. It's you know? crisp. It's functional. Yeah. Yeah. But she does talk about she has like two buttons undone, but it's like she's not in a revealing outfit mm-hmm. in any way. But basically she's presenting this and she's kind of getting almost like gaslit into the idea that it's not that the ideas that she just came up with are not good, that the performance that she is actually seeing does not matter. And she's like, but like you, 
asked me to do this and it succeeded. Basically, she says, oh, what did she say? Like she she asked for an interim report and I gave her a handful of peanut shells with the salt licked off. <laughs> I think that's when I fell in love with the book. It was the salt yeah. licked off. Perfect. Yes, exactly. So there's lots of things that like we, so there were in this conversation and Sasha, who's her boss, who uh, is basically like, okay, well, we can present it, but you're going to have to do it. You know what I mean? So like, she basically thinks that Sasha is throwing her under the bus. Yeah, she to... understands that they're about to go present this to the boss, Theo Drummond. Mythical, mythical Theo Drummond. Like, yeah. Angry, angry God of the workplace. Everybody fears and, and loves him. And mm-hmm she's gonna go fall on her sword she knows that that he's not gonna like it sasha's gonna blame her but she's just like whatever i'm just here for the bonus do whatever you want to me i'm just here for the bonus yeah and she says to sasha like i thought you liked to present solo and you know but then sasha's like no you have to do this but basically so they go up to his office and it like gets grayer and darker the farther up the elevator you go thunder you go You go to the top level and there's like a harried uh, admin that's like there at the door. And she's like, do you have an appointment? And so they go in and he's in like a dark penthouse office. Okay. Like it's dark in there. My picture of penthouse office is just floor to ceiling windows Windows. and, and constant light. But it sounds like it's a gloomy cave. So it was a very, it was a disconnect. Maybe not all penthouse offices are like that. I don't have a lot of experience in high rise penthouse offices in New York. Me either. <laughs> we are very Midwestern. Or I am. That at least has been around. We're in the flattest of flat. There are not nary a skyscraper to be seen. Our high rises are five stories. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> the wind might knock you over if you get any farther high <laughs> high up there. So they go into this dark office and Sasha's just, or not Sasha, uh, Lizzie's just like wandering around, like poking around and stuff. And she doesn't see anybody up there. And she's like, says something along the lines of like, Mr. Amazing is being amazing somewhere else because or something the, like that. the repeated theme, if you talk to any of those poor brainwashed mm-hmm. minions at Vosimir, they're all just like, oh, Mr. Drummond is amazing. He's amazing. And then she like turns and he's like sitting in the dark at his desk. Like Dr. And she like Emo. makes eye contact. <laughs> and she totally goes in for the handshake. And he's like, no. And... Uh, so anyway, they start doing this presentation and he's like, absolutely not. I don't want any humans here. Why are we messing with like all of these things? Like who cares about people? We're trying to, because, and it, once you know more about Theo, you get why he mm-hmm. doesn't want that angle, you know, but right now she's like, okay, a bunch of psychos. And she's like, whatever you want to do. I just got to stay here through next Friday. You want me to reformat the whole thing? Great. That sounds like it'll take a do while. You nothing but beakers? On it. Yes. On it. Fine. By the way, mm-hmm. I think it's important to mention, listen, Theo, Mr. Drummond, very handsome, very handsome. The thing yes. that, listener, you need to know, he oh, has yeah. short, thick, dark hair with mm-hmm. a texture that you know would curl if he let it grow out. Mm-hmm. I love a, oh, this would curl if you just relax it a little bit, but you're mm-hmm. not gonna because you're rigid yeah. and controlled. He's the most dramatically, effusively, effusively, wildly handsome man she's ever seen. And also just the biggest, cold, rigid control freak. Yes, exactly. How is she ever going to crack this? How is she ever? I yes. mean. His brows are sooty. Oh, they do talk a lot about his lips in this book. Can we they, talk about his lips what, in this book? What are what? bad boy lips? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like when you see like a woman described and they're talking about like, her blowjob lips 
You know what I mean? Is that, that the, is that the male version of blowjob This, lips? I believe, is, like, the male version. Because, I assume, so he, I assume yeah. Tom Hardy. I assume Tom Hardy. I assume big pouty mouth, like, full, yeah. just ostentatiously over-the-top beautiful lips yeah. on a, like wasted on a man but not wasted because they're yeah. perfect on a man so kind of like when a man has really long eyelashes yeah oh what oh uh, men share those eyelashes it's not you don't Truly. need them you're not using them yeah he's also got a scar do we see the scar at this scene where it still has just described it's they're a little banged up is what they are described as i'm not gonna lie to i'm means into it like bleeding <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i I'm fine with it. Theo Drummond was not, in fact, bleeding in his office during this marketing presentation. They're beat up. <laughs> so, anyway, his extreme hotness is just another assholey aspect of him. Another way he controls people, melts their minds. And again, like I that. shouldn't love this. He's a he's a hot billionaire. He's a hot mean billionaire. This should not yes. be my thing. And yet, yeah, here we are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so they're, they do this presentation. They're basically like, no, you have to redo everything. And then she's like, okay, fine. But then as they leave, she realizes that like, it's like Sasha's like, you were a nightmare. Also, you're dressed like a whore. Yes. Are you female detectives do not, are not welcome here. So like, yeah. So she goes out and Sasha like throws her under the bus and is making her feel like, like totally slutty. And like, and really it's that, we'll get to sasha's whole deal I was but say, like, i've rarely read a bigger villain than sasha sasha is <sighs> a villain i thought that there, she was going to be redeemed i even like the second time i read this i was like oh there's going to be a turnaround <laughs> okay no, no. um but basically she gets written up after this for for how she's dressed and it's because sasha noticed theo drummond noticing lizzie mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what it is which is just yeah, a she level didn't like that mr drummond was so petty tyrant exercising mm-hmm. of your power that i'm really uncomfortable with it but that's sasha <laughs> she ugh. and lizzie at work is the human embodiment of that pam beasley from the office gif yes. i don't care what they say about me i just want to eat <laughs> yes that's that's lizzie's whole vibe <laughs> exactly yeah lizzie and she's like i'll do whatever you need me to do but then it sasha continues to change what she wants her to do like it's lizzie's trying to be a team player basically the whole time that she's there and sasha makes it as hard as well, and she she takes be. lizzie's good ideas and she shits on lizzie's bad ideas yes and i mean mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a nightmare what a what a terrible yeah. place to work and a terrible person to work for yeah and i think that's part of that competition right like mm-hmm you have to be so competitive to gain your boss's approval or even notice that you have to constantly be throwing other people underneath you in order to get that notice. And it's like, that's kind of the whole, yeah. Every part of my collaborative yeah. empathetic body shudders. We would shrivel and die. We there, would Sarah. never, we would be husks. It would, it would yes. Husks. <laughs> it would never work. So that's the end of that chapter. And then we go, we get a scene, a shopping scene, because now Lizzie's like, I got to find new clothes. It's got to be different. So her and her best friend, Mia, who their friendship is amazing. Mm -hmm. They are shopping at like a thrift store because we, oh, we did find out in chapter one that Lizzie is so focused on the bonus because there are actual loan sharks. Again, 
I should not like this book as much as I do. There is a loan shark named Lenny. Lenny, who wears a pinky ring who and is has gonna a gun. Hurt her badly if she doesn't have like sixteen thousand dollars on the weekend that her bonus is due. So Friday it's is the, the bonus the day, day after and then her, like yeah. Saturday or Sunday is pay up. Is is yeah, pay up day. And we don't know why she has loan sharks after her yet. It's it's a weird vibe for Lizzie. A loan shark mm-hmm. vibe is a weird vibe for Lizzie. So. Yeah, yeah. You're like, how could this happen? Uh, basically we, we're shopping and she's like, I have to do what I have to do to keep this job. And so Mia like picks out these like crazy prairie style dresses for her. I had a hard time picturing it. Okay, I no, think you, what I pictured. Did you picture Target's new line? Because Target for a year has had prairie dresses and I feel like it's, it's just thrift store Target's new line. That's what I pictured. But, okay. How familiar are you with Sound of Music, the musical? Quite. So you know that the dress that Maria is wearing when she arrives at Captain Von Trapp's house. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what, you, what I pictured. I feel like it was baggier. Wasn't Maria's dress a little better fitted? No, I guess it was pretty. All I see is Christopher Plummer in any of those scenes <laughs> ever, always. So. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's kind of what I, that was like the material, like uh-huh. a rough, uh-huh. shapeless, like, maybe almost wrinkled kind of material anyway so we although find later that, on can i just say yeah. much much later she does say at least when you're wearing an ugly dress they have great pockets so at yes. some point she's she's just like listen the dressing is terrible the dress is terrible but I got with pockets. these pockets though <laughs> so we find out that she during this shopping trip that she has identified uh theo drummond as a sexy man mm-hmm. and then her and mia develop this strategy to deal with them and it's basically they will never make eye contact she will erase all thoughts from her brain and think of gummy bears bears. while while they're talking so she's going to like let her eyes go out of focus so that she doesn't seem engaging or appealing in any way so she's looking at his nose she's thinking about gummy bears she's mm going to be distant and a little stupid and this is how she's going to survive to get her bonus Yes. So then we also find out during this shopping trip that she's moving away from New York. So she has, because of the loan shark situation, again, we still, you know, we find out that there's a guy in her past named Mason and he kind of screwed her over. But we don't know how. And then uh, we find out that because of uh, the money troubles and things like that, that she's going to move back to where she's from, which is Fargo, North Dakota, her parents own pizzeria which i've never referred to a place as a pizzeria ever in my whole life but yeah that is not my preferred nomenclature for a pizza, pizza place. place yeah yeah call but it maybe down that's Fargo. a midwestern thing maybe <laughs> no. that's a midwestern thing pizzeria they want a pizzeria Don't put that on us. out of Don't there put that on us <laughs> and then she could save up some money so she can move back so her plan yeah, so she's is gonna to live go... at home she's gonna cater she's mm-hmm. gonna save up money and she's gonna come bursting back in new york in 18 months yeah new and improved and ready ready to, spend to roll mm-hmm. exactly but she's sad she doesn't want to leave me and she doesn't want to leave new york mm-hmm. she's sad she loves new york she had i did not find out in this chapter what she was doing prior to being at vosimir which is the name of the company but you know we're kind of we're uh, annika does a great job of like revealing little personality traits a little bit at a time because you're like you right now you're already hooked you're like what happened why is who's this mason asshole like what's going on so so she i think she did a great job with that oh hey hbs I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, 
videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. So then they are, she's in her prairie dress, Holly Hobby outfit. Who's Holly Hobby? Um, she's a 70s uh, toy character. Okay. She ha- she wears ugly I, prairie I've seen dresses. that reference a lot, and I haven't ever done the research to figure out who it is. Uh, yeah, she's, I, I feel like she was a, t- a doll, but she would wear exactly the kind of dresses you're picturing. Yeah. 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 So she, yeah. So she's back at work. She's kind of regretting it a little bit, but she goes with it. And Sasha, like, immediately dismisses her, which basically is like outfit approval. You know what I mean? So she does that. And then they have to go into a meeting because Theo Drummond has come down from on high and shown up at Sasha's cubicle and requested an Instagram strategy. And I feel like he's one of those people who, when he says the word Instagram, it just feels wrong. Wrong. There are people the fact that he's even there knowing about Instagram feels wrong. Who taught you about Instagram? Who taught you that? <laughs> yeah. So he's down there and he's like, yeah, I hated all that Facebook and website stuff you did, but an Instagram strategy is Talk what we me. need. <laughs> exactly. And of course, uh, Lizzie's in her prairie dress. She thinks about gummy bears, lie back and think mm-hmm. about gummy bears. Yep. She goes mm-hmm. real vacant and real stupid. And yeah. just is like, okay, Instagram, sure. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, we do find out in this chapter before he does come down from on high about, we find out about Mason. We find out about that he used her credit cards and ran up a bunch of credit card debt. He signed away some stuff loans in her with her social security card or social security number and her and in her name. And that is why Lenny the loan shark is coming after her. And then he vanished. So... And she had to close her beloved bakery. Yes. So basically we find out that Mason was like taking over more and more like control of the bakery. And then he um, left. He like vanished with all of her money. And we find out this is rolled out over the the chapters, but Mm -hmm. he also was, you know, you mentioned gaslighting earlier. He he was gaslighting her. The only reason you're successful is because you're in a good location. Mm -hmm. Babe, let me just handle this. You know, I'm good at this. So he just anything just about a genuine nightmare of a human being. Mm -hmm. Genuine break her down, Mm -hmm. make her down everything nightmare. So there's $14,000 that's due on Sunday, which is, again, two days after her bonus should be in, which I don't think that's how it works, Sarah. I don't think it's like, you made it 30 days. Here's a check for $12,000. Like, I just can't believe it. But hey, we're we're running with it. It's Listen, a plot Bossier line. is we're very efficient. It. Maybe that They're direct just, deposit hits your as bank. As soon as that 30 days hits, cash just rains down on top of you your get into a, one of those cash boxes where they they yeah. blow the cash around you and you just grab yes. it yeah oh my gosh the chaos i can't imagine being i would not do well 
Okay. So as soon as she says, she, she says as soon as she uh, pays off Lenny, she's going to quit Vosmir and then move back to Fargo and save up her money. So then again, Theo Drummond comes down from on high, requests an Instagram strategy. She has identified his smell. Do you remember what it is, Sarah? It is so weird. It is pepper and melon. I can't even. You're the cook. I am not. Is that, are those two tastes that go great together? I mean, so like you have like a melon with a prosciutto, you know, like that's a thing mm -hmm. people do. Mm -hmm. But what a strange. Later it talks about like peppery sweet. So like maybe it's like a sweet, but. I pepper? just want to know that Annika Barton made a bet with herself that she would put use a smell generator to put two <laughs> random smells together and is like i'm gonna I mean, make them I, love this hero i do like that it was different than normal romance heroes smell it like. wasn't musk it wasn't cut grass it wasn't leather, leather it wasn't horses pine <laughs> it's always the fucking same like six smells for romance heroes so i did like that it was different so like but it was there's real that. different <laughs> super unique yeah it just reminded me, what was the, where are my 90s girls? What was the Bath and Body melon, cucumber melon? Oh, smell? cucumber. Oh. I, I think maybe that's where some of my association came from. Where I was just like, no, that's not sexy. That's that's 13-year-old girl at the mall yeah. dousing yourself no, with a sample. And I didn't even like that melon. specific one. I no. was more, which one was I? Was I a plumeria? I definitely was a warm vanilla sugar. Warm vanilla for a sugar! While. <laughs> I in college one of the friend group external people who like hangs mm -hmm. around the edges finally over some cafeteria meal said I hate vanilla could all of you bitches stop wearing warm vanilla sugar and we were just like no but you can find it no. at the table <laughs> warm vanilla you can sugar pry my dead. warm vanilla sugar from my cold dead hands I'm sorry you don't like vanilla you can go sit over there <laughs> alright so uh, basically they're like going round and round there at this little like cubicles hallway meeting about Instagram strategy and Sasha's basically like waiting for everyone else to talk and give their ideas and Lizzie does this thing where she doesn't really give any of her own ideas she just agrees on purpose this is on purpose that she's just agreeing with what everyone else says because again she doesn't want to draw attention to, her, to herself she doesn't want to she doesn't want to be the focus she doesn't want to you know stand out so she does that on purpose she just wants that bonus yeah. So then we switch to Theo's perspective. It's time. It's time to get into Theo's head. And he is obsessed with puzzles. He's puzzling. He's puzzling. <laughs> the formula is a puzzle. That's Lizzie's what he's a puzzle. been focused on cracking. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden he yes. has the second puzzle in his life and it's Lizzie. Yes. So she, he's working on this. He basically has this anti-hemorrhagic that, uh, that, that he did. It's like a gel. But now he wants to make it into a powder that can be like sent to troops or whatever so that people who are wounded and, you know, wars are not just bleeding out, that they have uh, something that they can use. And he feels like um, every day that he doesn't crack this code, people are dying because he hasn't figured out the chemical compound necessary to dehydrate yeah. it. And so he takes all of that and internalizes it and beats himself up. And it's no one sad. has figured it out. Yeah. So he has to figure yeah, it out. He can fix it. And meanwhile, in the middle of this puzzle, Lizzie Cooper walks in. And, in she comes. And, yes. And he is pretty sure he heard her say, Mr. Amazing must be somewhere else, is being amazing somewhere else. <laughs> and of course, this shocks him because everybody is so deferential, deferential. and terrified mm -hmm. of him mm -hmm. and in awe. And yes. I think he likes her sexy lady detective look. 
And yeah. then when he comes down on high for this Instagram strategy, she is Holly Hobby. Basically starts referring to her as turnip truck after that. So mean. <laughs> Literally referring to a human being as turnip turn- truck. Turnip truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she's vacant and she's wearing this ugly dress and he can't believe that he ever even considered her as a possibility. And he's know. just so disappointed. He just can't understand how he misread yeah. her in that initial. Yesterday, there was a fascinating intensity in her gaze. She felt bright, annoyed, slightly thrilling. And then he actually, he know. refers to her as having an angry, burning beauty, which oh, chef's kiss. He says there's something activated about her beauty. Yeah. And activated. I just, yeah, I loved that. What mm-hmm. a great description. Yeah. And then now he's got this like sadness, this sense of loss, because that thing that kind of kept him awake, then, you know, stopped altogether. Can I also say he describes he's like, you know, I have sex. I have girlfriends. I have low maintenance girlfriends who know I'm career focused. They know Mm -hmm. I'm a scientist. They respect it when I blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, I doubt that. You're a hot billionaire, sir. They are being very cool. Yes. But everybody's like, I hope this hot billionaire falls in love with me. There is no way his girlfriends are all low maintenance. Oh, you're a scientist. It's fine. No. Yeah. No. So he leaves this meeting. He's so pissed. And uh, and Sasha is like still walking with him. And he's like, Ugh. and she's like, I just have a few questions. And he was like, you need to walk and talk with me then because I'm over this. And basically she's asking for it. He's asking about, you know, like, OK, what's the deal with Miss Cooper? And she was like, oh, she's so incompetent. She's been written up twice, which I don't know what the other write up was for. But already Sasha is saying she's not going to last through probation. So we as the reader know it's it's not gonna happen what a bold choice to to shit talk an underling like that to the boss though i, I honestly think never. it's part of the culture oh god makes you my know skin what I mean? crawl yeah so basically he's asking she's asking for a due date and he's like i don't give a fuck because i made up the whole thing just to see i just Lizzie wanted Cooper, to see Lizzie, and, I just... and she's a turnip truck I'm out. <laughs> yeah so then we find out that uh in this conversation with Sasha, we find out that he needs a new wake-up call person because he is not using alarm clocks. He's not using lights that automatically turn brighter throughout the day. He's using actual wake-up calls. And basically, he needs a system where they call and immediately he usually hangs up and then they have to keep calling until he is firmly awake because he is such a dickhead in the morning that all of the wake up call people have quit in the city of New York and internationals. All of the wake up call people. But he need. I think he needs that interaction, right? He needs, he needs to actually have like a call and response. Correct. Yeah. Otherwise. Yes. So then we're back at Lizzie and Sasha has appeared at her cubicle and now the problem is that she didn't make eye contact with mr drummond what a nightmare for lizzie she's just like what please just let me live this like yes she used this like gummy bear strategy uh now she's in trouble because she didn't interact enough with him and i don't even understand what's happening and so it's like no matter what sasha's gonna hate her and she's she's obviously threatened by her because she's good at what she does and so Lizzie has to be eliminated yes. because it's threatening to Sasha's base at um, Vosmir. Then we, uh, Sasha is like, hey, I have this job for you. You can't fuck it up. You have to get this wake up call from Mr. Drummond. It's not going to be hard. So then Lizzie has to spend the rest of her day trying to research wake up call companies. And we find out that not only is it very hard to get one on such short notice, but many of the companies have dealt with Mr. Drummond in the past and they are no longer willing to work with them. That would be a pass from yes. all the wake-up companies mm-hmm. in New York 
the greater New York area and, in fact, the continental U.S. They find one company in Canada that is willing to do it. Lizzie has found one company. She sets up a call for Monday and then she sets up a call for herself at 4.10 and then Monday morning at 4.10 comes around and there's no call. Because she, of course, sets her own alarm to be awake at 4.10 to see if her call comes in to know if his call's going to come in. Correct. She's good at her job. So she basically is like, I don't know what to do. She had been talking to her roommate over the weekend about it and stressing about it. And her roommate, Mia, gets up and is like, finds her in the kitchen drinking coffee and like panicking about what to do about this wake up call. So then they, uh, Mia dials it as a joke. Like, like Lizzie thinks like, that she's a joke. She yeah, pretends, pretends to, to dial. dial it. Yeah. And is, and then it's a joke. And then Lizzie grabs the phone and is like, wake up motherfucker. <laughs> Cause she thinks it's a joke, but then it's actually a real call that is actually calling. And, and Mr. Drummond has like, picked up. So she says, wake up, motherfucker. It's time to rise and shine, okay? It's another day full of promise and possibility. Another opportunity for you to step over whatever people you step over on your way to wherever the hell it is you go at this weirdly stupid hour. (laughs) And she goes on and then realizes that he has been connected this whole time. Yes, but, uh, and and so Mia's just melting down in the background. But she's so, she's just like, oh, the the whole world shivers in admiration. The birds fall from the trees when you approach. I mean, just unloads on him. Yes, exactly. Let's all of her pent up aggression. And his response is, what? What? (laughs) And she's just like, oh, God. So he tries to call back and she does not accept the call. Uh, and she is basically going into work pretty sure that she's getting fired today. Yeah, She's yes. 90% sure that this is the end. So she gets in her prairie dress and it's like she's debating not even going in because... She's so sure that she's going to be fired right away. The only saving grace is she does have a burner phone because she doesn't have enough credit to get an actual smartphone linked to her name. So the phone she uses and used for that is not linked to her in any way. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to complain and Sasha's going to come down on her and that's going to be it. No bonus. So they come up with an idea that she needs to find Mr. Drummond first, that she needs to go find him, explain that it was her roommate and she's really sorry and that... Even if she loses it, at least maybe that's her last ditch effort to mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, so she goes into work. She's thinking about all these speeches and stuff like that. She goes and sees Sasha right away and is like, do you know? Are you aware what's going on right now? And Sasha doesn't acknowledge her in any way. So she's like, okay, I'm safe. So then she's trying to figure out a way that she can like sneak up to the to Mr. Drummond's to the office. Yeah, exactly. Cave yeah. Office. yeah. And she's like, so she tries to figure that out, but he beats her to it and comes to Sasha's cubicle. And like Lizzie's in the background, like, uh, okay, he's right there. And, and he basically is like talking to Sasha and he's like, oh yeah, the wake up call service that you arranged, like, what do you know about them? <laughs> Not that I'm asking for any reason. I'm just, you know, asking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like unorthodox. And basically, Sasha, since she was supposed to do this herself and then threw this responsibility onto Lizzie, is now having to kind of like fake it and be like, okay, well, do you not like the unorthodox service? I can... That I definitely ch- picked yeah, out myself. Yeah, exactly. I noticed. So anyway, he's like, oh, no, I guess it'll do for now. And then Sasha is like saying that, like, Lizzie, you finally did something right. You know, did you get this off of Craigslist? Like, where did you find this? Like, and the idea of getting a 
giving a billionaire's personal cell phone to, to a Craigslist ad? found on Craigslist. I assume any wake-up call service is somehow designed to find and murder you if you find it on Craigslist. I, I think so, right? Yeah, like That's how good God. murder for hire schemes start. Yeah. yeah so then she like Lizzie's like okay well do you want me to research it or like I can look into it some more and like she's like no just like keep doing what you're doing or whatever so like that she's bought herself at least one more day and she comes home and they like her and Mia like talk about it but then she has to keep calling back day after day like now she has to keep being the person to wake him up you know what I mean so she now knows like okay well I gotta keep up this charade at least until the 30 day until Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she wakes up at four the next morning. She listens to Queen Latifah's Wrath of My Madness, which I loved as a reference, by the way. Yes. After reading this again, I went and listened to like Queen Latifah's Greatest Hits. Did you hits pump up because this I podcast forgot. by oh, listening listen to, to it? <laughs> Not this morning, but I definitely made my children listen to Queen Latifah on the way to school yesterday. Um, I love it. Get them ready for the day. That's yeah, how they exactly. should start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she calls him again. Wake up, you stupid motherfucker. People are waiting for whatever annoying bullshit you have in store for them. Yes. So that really is your technique, he says. It wasn't a fluke. And then they go back and forth and they have this like this chemistry. They have this like back and forth snappy kind of. Um, thing he's obviously trying to find out more about her and she's kind of trying to put him off and like still insult them still still insult him along the way because it's like why not when she has the opportunity you know what I and mean? she keeps turning it around on him and saying you know why do you deserve this why should you she just she goes on the defensive with him in a way that nobody ever does in a way that i never could in that scenario mm-hmm. i just feel like oh my god <laughs> all right but she just she yeah. keeps pushing back against him in a way that he mm-hmm obviously loves yes he loves and no one ever does it in his life his sister probably does it a little bit but not to this level you know she's still they have a a relationship but it's not the kind where she would criticize him yeah you know to his face or anything like that lizzie is now like saying oh there's something wildly sexy about this demanding (laughs) attitude like that's happening uh basically like she has this thing though that once it starts to go too far, she she shuts it down by giving a made up time and temperature. Well, because he said he lectures her. He says, "Here's how a wake up call yeah. works. You get the time and the temperature, and that's it. You're terrible at this." And she's just like, "You don't tell me how to do my job." Yeah. So yeah, when he pushes it too far, he knows that she's gonna hang up when she says the time is, uh-huh. and then she just makes up a temperature. <laughs> yes, and then at, so and then she hangs up immediately, and and then she hangs up this time. And she's like, "I'm a little, I'm a little turned on by this." On. Well, and I will say the description of hearing him breathe she hears like a suck in of breath frustration and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and i don't know now listen how far have we gotten into this without talking about i'm gonna bring him up jonathan bailey we're all primed (laughs) for angry agitated breathing after watching bridgerton season two and so when she describes this like vulnerable angry breath i was just like "Mm -hmm, (laughs) this is exactly what i've been looking for this is probably why you love this book so much probably it's Jonathan Bailey's fault. It so then is. she distracts herself from how turned on she is by setting up some blog posts. She's still been keeping her uh, business blog and her business Instagram going with just personal projects. Well, and we haven't mentioned her bakery is themed around weird niche 
cookies. Yes. So whatever it's the weird celebration of the day is, Cookie mm-hmm. Madness, uh, she makes cookies to celebrate National yeah. Robin Day or National... National Ferret Day. It's April no, 2nd. Ferret That's tomorrow. <gasps> Tomorrow's National Ferret Day. I love a ferret, Sarah. Uh, I just love uh, I want to so make much. ferret cookies now. <laughs> Can I tell you a really quick ferret story? Always. This guy I used to hang out with, not in a sexy way, just an actual guy friend that I used to hang out with in college. He had a ferret named Ash, which was like a reference to a fantasy book. So maybe if you know what that is, then then you can tell me. But I, I would have assumed the Evil Dead franchise, but continue. Oh, I don't think so. Shout out to Ben, wherever you are in the world. So Ash, we would go over there and we would smoke a lot of weed and drink <sighs> a lot of Natty Ices at, sometimes at the same time. And we played this game called Wizard Staff. I'm not sure if you have ever played Wizard Staff. It's basically you have cans of beer. And once you finish your can of beer, you duct tape it to the bottom of your fresh beer. So as you keep going, your staff grows taller and taller. And when you're smoking weed at the same time as playing Wizard Staff, you just have to sit down after a while and not play <laughs> Wizard Staff anymore, not be standing. And this ferret took off with the wizard staff of cans and started running down the hallway with it. It was like tracing <laughs> behind her, like just cans, like clinking against the wall. And she hid it. She would hide things under his bed. And so like she dragged all of the wizard staffs under the bed. So he had all these beer cans under his bed. This story is so good on so many levels about <laughs> young Natalie, about the wizard staff culture, about the ferret owner culture. Yes. Yeah. One time we had to, one time when we were hanging out, we had to cut open his rental sofa, the sofa that came with his rental. We had to cut open the bottom to extract his ferret from the bottom of this sofa. So many things, so many, so much mischief. Do you want to play wizard staff the next time you're over? God, Sarah, I don't know if I don't, maybe I'll I'll play with NA beer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listener. Natalie came to my house, left beer behind. I was excited because I was like, oh, Nat left beer. It was weeks later. I was like, oh, cool. I can. And she texted me and she was like, hey, I hope it's hey, okay man. that you drank those. I was like, jokes on you. They have no alcohol in them. Cruel but yeah, prank. it's totally fine. Cruel prank. <laughs> I slowly change out all of Sarah's alcohol with fake alcohol. Just start pour a little bit more of that vodka down the drain, put a little bit of water in every time you come over. I think you would know though, because all of like the the alcohol pretend alcohol. So I do, I drink this one called Seedlip that um it's called it's like a spice version, so it tastes really good with like grapefruit or like citrus or whatever. But one of them is made with like pea shoots and hay, and it smells exactly like it's made with pea shoots and hay, Sarah. And so you would know immediately upon opening it that this is not what you were looking for. <laughs> what are the odds that the next Annika Martin hero smells like pea shoots and hay? <laughs> what are the odds that the person that came up with the fake liquor that has made of pea shoots and hay has a handlebar mustache? Oh, very high. <laughs> he has arm garters that he wears unironically. <laughs> yes, definitely. Hey, HBs, I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. 
Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent would always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. That was spirit day. Oh yeah, the cookies. Yes. I I want to hear every ferret story you have. Please. I think that's all of them. It was very good though. Okay, so uh, she yeah, she does these little like cookies, and then yeah, Mason came along and trashed her whole and bakery. And she has never talked publicly about what happened. So her bakery closed. It devastated her fans, of which there they were many. Knew, yeah, they knew her, that it closed. They didn't really get why. But she didn't. She wanted it to be a place of joy. She didn't want to mm-hmm. be honest about what happened because she didn't want to bring everybody down. So it's just a mystery as to why Cookie Madness closed. That's and how she, she wants did it. file charges. Like she did, like. When Mason stole everything, she did call the police. She did all the things she was supposed to do. But unfortunately, although, like, I, if you have insurance, don't you have insurance for things like this? I, do you have insurance from swindling? I don't know. Anyway, moving HB's on. HB's with experience in this. Yeah. Let us know. I would I don't think know. that, I mean, maybe she didn't have, like, you, like, you have to have business liability insurance. You mm-hmm. have to in order to be in business, like, especially with a location. But, but that you would might be... not have... Against unscrupulous business partners. Correct. I don't know. That might be an extra policy. Who knows? Maybe an Do you think policy. you're in business with scam artists? <laughs> Buy this insurance. Just in case. Oh, man. What about insurance for if you... Just in case you get embezzled. <laughs> Embezzlement insurance. We should go into that. Let's start that as a business. I mean... We can underwrite Seems like that. it would work. Yeah. It's actually nothing fishy. Absolutely nothing fishy about us. Okay, I have another question. There, she's going into work. She has butterflies in her stomach. They're not thinking about how nervous she is to go to work or whether she's going to get fired. They are thinking about Theo Drummond's bad boy lips. That's the only thing the butterflies in her stomach are thinking about. They're thinking about lab coats is what it says specifically. And I have a question about lab coats. If you wear your lab coat everywhere, is it even effective anymore? Isn't your lab coat supposed to help keep outside things in? And you know what I mean? I also had a similar question because I get a sense that Mr. Drummond, when he's in his penthouse cave, (laughs) is working on like dry erase board formulas Mm -hmm. and not working with actual chemicals. I thought the lab coat was to keep chemicals off of your under things. That too. A lab coat is to provide protection of skin and personal clothing from incidental contact and small splashes. Are you reading and that or did you just channel smudge. that? <laughs> no, I I did read it. it it's also like to provide a removable barrier in the event of an incident involving a spill or splash of hazardous substances. I just, I feel like he's standing at a dry erase board writing 
a beautiful mind for everything we've talked about there's never he's never been in a lab yeah he must do chemistry at some point he must get out the beakers and mix things at some point we never see it so yes i don't quite know why the lab coat i mean it's dry erasing yeah it does become fetishized in this book (laughs) listen i'll allow it there's there's a very good scene later in this book with a lab coat that (laughs) i did not hate so no absolutely not so it just seemed like the lab coat was more of like a costume but, like yeah, if you wear it all the time it almost be, and if he was a different kind of billionaire it would be a costume but this is not a guy who's thinking about his public persona right mm-hmm. if he was a different guy he would be wearing it to be like i am scientist yeah. but that's not this guy yeah so i don't know so, maybe you know what maybe it's a routine maybe that's how like i have a playlist that i start when i'm writing and the, the playlist that's first song says it time to work now yeah maybe when he puts on the yeah. lab coat it time to work now like maybe yeah, that's that, how maybe that's true yeah good call right. i'm just being a bitch about it no um, i love it <laughs> <laughs> so we find out when she gets into work that theo drummond has requested an extra call at 9 20 a.m he would like the wake up call service to do an emergency operator (laughs) this operator only needs to call me at 9 20 a.m so then and they're like uh, sasha's like whatever the fuck just do it just he's asking for it just do it don't ask questions about it sasha's like i don't know he's gonna take a nap just call him (laughs) so so then she sets up a whole um that she she like pretends to call and then she comes up with this like oh no operator seven is just like book solid for the whole day just can't do it they said no there's you know and then and then uh she was like i can ask for a different operator no mr drummond only wants operator seven so then you know we find out he's going to be very disappointed and then we're back to theo and he gets the call that that operator seven is not taking any more people onto her docket and he is fucking pissed he stabs his pencil into his desk over he stabbed his pencil into his (laughs) desk (laughs) hard enough to make a divot in wood yeah (laughs) What it's is that pencil really made of? Really sturdy pencil, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of steel. Some steel pencils only. So anyway, like they, he's like, this has just increased the puzzle madness for him. He is, he cannot, he can't figure it out. So then he tries to text her to say, your thermometer is broken. It wasn't 40 last night because that, after like he hangs up, he realizes she fucking made the temperature up. It's not. He's what? just so enraged. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she has blocked him though. He cannot text her. He cannot text her. He cannot call her. She, he what has a been power blocked. Yeah. What a power move. Ah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And he's just like cannot the her words are running through his head women never make me lose my focus not ever i enjoy sex as much as the next guy but in context of respect and rationality not whatever these calls are (laughs) so and then he realizes that not only does he want to kiss her he wants to slap her on her bare ass too sarah and that is not a thing that he is usually into ever done yeah but suddenly spanking operator seven Mm-hmm. Uh, Super mm-hmm. into it. So he is just a quarrel. So <laughs> did you just really pronounce the H really hard on quarrel? Sure Amazing. did. <laughs> so Lizzie goes back home and uh, she, you know, is not sleeping. She's just like, you know, rattled by 
uh, the fact that she's still uh, being chased by loan sharks. She's rattled by that. And she's also rattled that she's going to have to talk to Theo Drummond again at 430 in the morning. And he answers <laughs> because Operator 7 is always on time, bitches. That's what she things says. Things escalate on this yes. call. This is their third call. And things are it's about to get date, out of Sarah. control. It's the third date. You know what happens on the third date. I, I think we all do. Yep. Uh, so it, <laughs> she asks, uh, she gives him her same, you know, you know, you know, wake up motherfucker kind of thing. Here he is, folks, answering on the first ring. Who is the best wake up call girl in the city? <laughs> and he is like, you hung up on me. Do you know who this is? And she's like, are you serious? And he goes, do I need to ask it again? And and she's just like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so then they kind of, things kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then we end up having some phone sex, Sarah. Some phone, and, and not, he starts, he, of course he does the, what are you wearing? And she's like, I cannot even believe that you just asked me this. But I'm also into it. Yeah, <laughs> he starts talking about he, he's like I want to picture what I'd be ripping off of you yes and when she says I don't know that I've ever had you know kind of anybody rip he was just like oh if you have to ask what qualifies as a man ripping your clothes off then a man has never has ripped off never your clothes to you yes exactly that was just me slamming my palms yes. down on the desk <laughs> and also he wants to imagine her in something girly he wants it to be pink he wants it to be like the idea that it's like a delicate small thing that he can just shred mm -hmm. have you ever ripped a fabric sarah no on not on purpose no have you no it's very hard to rip fabric. i feel like it would be i feel yeah. like it would be if you had it start like if it was yeah you have to have a, a start cut to yeah yeah but it's like especially on like a seam that'd be really hard to do so he must be very strong his hands oh, we, must be very strong. Let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk mm -hmm. about absolutely how how strong your hand. Well, have you seen the guys who can rip the phone books in half? Yes, I have. <laughs> That's probably. I bet he they can rip fabric. Oh, I bet they could. I mean, I there probably are ladies that rip phone books in half too, but I haven't seen those videos. I've only seen uh, the, the ones. With I the feel hand. fairly confident. I also we can find feel all like, of that on TikTok. I also feel pretty confident that like. It's more of like a man thing, like a masculine testosterone thing to even concern yourself with wanting to rip a phone I've book in half. I've never wanted to rip a phone book in half. I Isn't am from just a pretty small town, so our phone books are pretty slender. So I <laughs> yes. probably could do that. Uh -huh. But that's not the kind of phone books those dudes are ripping. Yes. No, no. Those are the big guys. Those are the Chicago regional ones. Okay. We find out that, oh my God, this there's a line in this that I... I absolutely hated Sarah. I have one a little bit later, not in this one. What's your line? Hold on, I have to find it. But basically, they go back and forth, basically talking about how how great it would be, and like he realizes that he can hear her hand sliding over her body, and that you know they he wants her to tell her how tell him how wet she is for him, and like she has started to finger her clit during this and he can tell he knows yeah his hearing is very good obviously yes. i have to uh yeah this is the line that i hated are you ready for it yes she says you are such a pig and he says oh i am an utter animal sex with me is a dirty savage affair utterly uncivilized 
it's the opposite of civilized. And I was like, that's what uncivilized means. <laughs> you didn't appreciate the extra Uncivilized is the opposite, opposite of, of civilized. Well, and you'll notice when this line comes back later in it the book. It comes back so don't... much and I'm like, no! <laughs> they don't include that last part when it comes back because it was so dumb. <laughs> I know, I was like, buddy, you're supposed to be so smart. I don't... <laughs> She makes him die. listen. All his all his brains are gone. They're, they're, they're gone. So they're just she gets really close to coming, and, and then basically realizes- in her mind she thinks if you come he'll win. Mm-hmm. And then so she's in the middle of this. He's like sure that she's almost there, and then he refers to it as doing yourself. Yeah, that's. Listen, everybody has their own language when it comes Absolute. to sex and dirty talk, and his is a little. I mean, that's not all I'm right. Doing, okay, but Theo. Then she uses it too. I'm doing myself. I don't. Anyway, so anyway, she gets really close. She is like almost to do it, and then she's like, "No, I cannot." Well, and and he says the exact wrong thing because he's mm-hmm. he's been telling her like, "Yeah, I'm an asshole, but I would make it so good for you," yes. which didn't hate I'll, ta- I'll take what i want i'll take what i want so and it'll good. be so good and it's when he says i'll take what i want that she's just like mason yes mason exactly this is she reminding she has... her of like the asshole-ish like all for himself attitude that mason had and she says she hasn't really she hasn't had any kind of desire to i'm sorry do herself yep i mean that's what we're going with for since this episode mason, since mason yes. left that that mm-hmm. she just it hasn't been she she just lost all aspects of that mm-hmm. trust yeah. all of that so uh when he says i'll take what i want she's just like oh nope 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 she and, close the and, shop and he's like wait what happened and she's like what happened is you're awake the weather is cloudy it's mild 42 degrees at jfk and then she hangs up self-control and, man <sighs> yeah and so he is we're in theo's head at this point and he is I'm guessing hard as fucking steel. Yeah. He has not touched himself during this whole experience he wants because he focus wants to on focus her. on her. Yep, exactly. But now he is like bereft because she's gone. And he's like realizing that he does not like the feeling of her going immediately from this call and calling other people. He hates that. He's like, I this is insane. I'm a chemist, not a caveman. And she he's like, I don't care. I don't care what she looks like. I don't care who she is. She's the only thing I want. And and now he's like, I need to find her right now. And then that's where we end that chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That escalated quickly. That was my only thought. I expected more calls before we got to this point. But nope, call three. Three. Let's do it. Call three. And they, well, it was the chemistry had been building the antagonization and antagonization had been building so it was but like sarah we're not even halfway through this book okay we need to go (laughs) fine (laughs) i want to talk about every chapter though (laughs) but this is kind of where things start speeding up a little bit because like a lot of that tension and back and forth and the will they won't they kind of has been happening so she does in fact go into the shower after this finish herself off does herself in the shower with the nozzle with the shower with, nozzle yes for the record. with the shower nozzle and uh and 
yeah, so she realizes, like, she made herself come thinking about him, which she was not intending to do, but then it did, in fact, happen. And uh, she gets into work that day after this whole experience happened this morning, and Sasha's like, I need to see you ASAP. And, and she's just like, like uh, <laughs> I am fired. <laughs> but then it's all, she just wants to have a meeting about IT. Like it was nothing, like it was nothing that had to do with the wake up calls or anything like that. It had to do with like the new Instagram project and website projects that they're working on. And she's like constantly looking over for, to her shoulder for a while. And then realizes he walks in and she doesn't need to look over her shoulder because she could just like feel it happening as yeah. he walked in yeah she's doing some kind of tabbing project yes and when when theo walks past her he's actually like oh sasha said she was an idiot so i guess she's just got her compiling papers that must suit her skill level yeah they must need but two people to sort papers this is this is my this is the chapter where he is so confused because he thought she was different and he looks at her and he's like this is this something doesn't fit here mm -hmm. and this is one of my favorite things in literature <laughs> when you're pining for the same person and you don't know it yeah so he's pining for operator seven and he's looking at, at turnip truck lizzie and it's mm -hmm. just like this is not who i thought she was i thought she was different i have operator seven on my mind and it's just like oh baby it's the same person you're gonna find out it's gonna be so good it's gonna be so good so that's what this whole scene he basically comes up to reception he's like i need to talk to sasha right now and so the receptionist calls Sasha up and they have this whole discourse about the wake up call girl right in, in front, front of, Lizzie. of Lizzie. And Lizzie's like, huh. and then, but so then Sasha again has to pretend that she knows what he's talking about and kind of has to put Theo off because Theo's like, just give me the contact information. And Sasha's like, I, um, it's at my computer. My computer is down. So I yeah. can get it for you. You, uh. but it's not. And then he's like, well, go get it right now. I'll wait. And she's like, oh, well, um, I'm offline and I'm, AT is working on it. And he's like, well, why wouldn't you have done that before you came up here? Then it would have been done by the time you got back. And she's like, what a great idea that would have been. And then, so she has to put her off. And then she just rips into Lizzie because Lizzie has made her look like an idiot or whatever. Sasha, a villain. So then Lizzie has to come up because they are trying to get the contact information for this wake up call service. Theo wants to deal with them directly. So, so, so Lizzie has to create a business, create an email, create a PayPal account, create invoices, all sorts of things. But she has set it up because she doesn't want to actually, which I mean, like, get that money, girlfriend. You need the money. Like, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't feel comfortable taking the money that they would pay for a wake-up call service, which probably could have been $14,000. This guy I mean, doesn't give a shit. she could whatever she wanted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so she sets it up to go to a turtle, a sea turtle, turtle rescue. Yeah. And later on, Sarah, she wears a turtle shirt that's got rhinestones surrounding oh, the outside I, of the turtle. Why would you put your heroine in a sparkly... No, that was the only point of this book. She where I was also like, has oh. turtle posters in her bedroom. She loves a turtle. She does. She's either 13 mm -hmm. or a 55-year-old suburbanite mom. Those are the only two options where you would wear a rhinestone turtle shirt. This is true. So she tries, she comes up with this company called Hello Morning, and then 
she's like, oh, yeah, didn't you get it from Craigslist? And she's like, oh, yeah, I did get it from Craigslist. But, but I can't find that find the listing. But then so she has to make the listing. So then when she sends the listing, it comes from like it says it's posted today, like right at this moment. So then like she has to answer all sorts of weird questions about that. And like so it's it's kind of a very thin story that she's I love come up that with. She, she sends it along to the people looking for it and is like, good luck dealing with these jerks. The service yeah. is terrible. Yikes. Huh? <laughs> She really does. It's not crime exactly, but she really does a good job fabricating all of this. Yeah, just in it, minutes. It's clever. It's fascinating. Mere minutes. I yeah. adore this woman. This this yes. sparkly turtle wearing. I write back. To, uh, she has to. Uh, she has to send it to accounting. I write back to think accounting. I sign it. Catherine Mayhold, comptroller. I don't know why I choose comptroller, but why not? I had phone sex with my boss at four thirty in the morning, and now I'm in a prairie dress impersonating wake up call service. Just another day of Vosmere. <laughs> Um, and so basically after she has concocted this whole fake company she gets the company gets an email from Theo Drummond CEO of Osmere and it says I'm interested in contracting with you to hire the operator I'm currently working with as a dedicated provider for me and my business money is no object get that money girlfriend ask Uh, for $14,000 please call me at your earliest convenience if I was if I was Lizzie I send back yes definitely to, to secure her for the whole year, it's going to be 20 G's. Pay it now. Pay it now. We will do it. And then fucking make calls at 4.30 every morning and pay off Lenny. What are you doing? I mean, crime. <laughs> she would be doing crime, I suppose. Be but do- Well, would she? I mean, no, I she think so. She's going to provide the service. She came up with the business on her own. Yeah, that's her business. So anyway, that book would have ended entirely differently, wouldn't it have? Uh. So anyway, she sends an email back from the company that says like, hey, we appreciate your business, but we can't cancel on these other clients. So we understand. Uh, thank you for your understanding. Um, Which just makes him more and more obsessed because he's just like, she has so many other. Is she doing this yes, with the other clients? Exactly. She's yes. so busy with. Because it doesn't crumble down yet. It hasn't. It hasn't become. It hasn't crumbled yet. And uh, we she gets home from work and Mia is there with like peanuts and some wine. They do, they eat peanuts. Like this is the second peanut yeah. reference in this yes, book, which is. I thought was very it weird. Is. Peanuts in the shell. Yeah. It's why she would be thinking about it. That's why she would make that analogy. Earlier, yeah, I guess so. They're shelled peanuts women. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So then she comes like Mia is like, can tell that something's weird. And she was like, how was the wake up call this morning? And Lizzie was like, it was totally it was fine. fine. It was fine. It was normal. It was good. It was good. <laughs> so she does end up telling her about the extremely uncivilized ap- opposite of civilized. It's the opposite of civilized. <laughs> <laughs> sex phone sex that she had and Mia just fucking loves that and is gonna make it into a cross stitch because Mia is a cross stitcher and does a lot of weird funny cross stitches you know so so Lizzie's like I'm gonna do tomorrow it's gonna be short and sweet I'm gonna just wake up call him and then that's it in and out and then uh, but she's like going to sleep and she remembers his line that says you and that smart mouth of yours need to be taught a lesson and she is <sighs> energized by it how would you sleep? How would you sleep with that? I, you couldn't. I don't know. Yeah. I also would not sleep while knowing I had to be up at 430. Like, no. I, it would be like having to catch an early airplane. Like you do no. not sleep the night before you have to get up at three. Correct. To no, I wake up like every 30 minutes yeah. being like, is now the time? Is now the time? That's how I would um, be if I had to be up at 430. So she wakes up and she's calling Theo and she's like, you have to stop 
contacting the company. You are getting me in trouble. They're like, it, it is, you know, you, you need to stop doing this. And he's like, fine, I'll stop. Just meet me for dinner. And he's like on this thing to try to get him to meet, to meet her over and over again, which is like, that's tough. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and is this also the chapter where he does, to use an HB term, a big protect, where he is just like, are you having trouble? Do you have a boyfriend, a husband? Like, who's oh. giving you? Why do I have to stop? Is your boss bad? Tell yeah. me why you need me to stop contacting you. I will yes. fix it. Yeah, exactly. And she like, was just like, like no, a- no, no, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. And she was like, you cannot talk to me about any of my personal life. You cannot, you know. And he's he's basically like, give me one actual valid reason why we can't meet. You've been thinking about me. You pictured me while you got yourself off after our last phone call. And it's like, you know, she's like, of course you would think that. But then he's like, yeah, but I actually did, though. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And so then they have uh, phone sex again. To completion this time. Yes. For her, I don't believe completion for him. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And she tells him, he asks how she likes to be bitten. Yes. Is it nipple bitten? Bitten. I think and, just bitten in general. And she mm-hmm. she says a, a tiny little bit of pain, just enough to surprise me, yeah. no more. And that mm-hmm. comes back later. So I guess mark that. Yes. We talked more about ripping off clothing. And that he's an asshole, but he's going to make it good for her. Yes. This is their dynamic. Yes, exactly. Like he's an asshole, but he's her asshole, which is, I mean, not really. That's that's a quote from Sex and the City. Okay. First of all, do these men actually exist? These men who say these perfect things all the time. I just I just read Tessa Bailey and then there's this and I'm just like where are these men where are they (laughs) hanging out where these men are written by women that's why they exist these men are written by women and on that note we're going to break for this week tune in next week for part two and patrons don't forget that's in your feed right now so keep being a badass And love yourself as much as you love mischievous ferrets and accidentally pranking your pals with N.A. beverages. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. 
We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas. Okay, back to the show. 